Hey, what's up? This is Chris, and we are going to do episode two of the Wilderness Report. And we're going to talk about articles four, five, and six, the inspiration for each of those articles, and then kind of get into some behind the scenes on the artwork involved. Each of these articles has one key lesson that stands out more than the others. And by the end of the episode, you'll know what each of those are. So a little bit about me for those that are listening for the first time. My name is Chris, and I'm a writer for Seeker's Quill a Christian publication, or what I like to call the inspired word. I've been writing for a while, but recently I've been called to serve the Lord and now dedicate my time to glorifying him instead of writing about things to glorify myself. And a little bit about Seeker's Quill itself, I do consider it an inspired work based on Christian spiritual philosophy and biblical study. And if you're not familiar with that term, it just means that I consider them directed by the Lord. I will pray about stuff, I'll ask for signs, and then I have to accept the answers that I get when I get them. So I try to do these podcast wrap-ups about every three articles, and I'll do the wrap-ups for different reasons, but mainly because not everyone is a reader. Different audiences require different ways to reach them, and because it's an inspired work, I owe it to the Lord to try to reach as many audiences as I can. So, for example, if you didn't read the 2,500-word article on the New Covenant, that was Article 5, that's okay. I will try to briefly cover it here in this podcast. Now, the three articles we're going to talk about in this episode are Article 4, 5, and 6. Article 4 is titled, The Whale Shark in Our Tank. Article 5 is titled, The New Covenant. And Article 6 is titled, Revealing the Power of Written Prayer. Now, Whale Shark in Our Tank deals with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. A New Covenant talks about the New Covenant that Jesus established and what that means for each of us individually. And Article 6, Revealing the Power of Written Prayer, talks about how prayer with spoken words isn't the only form of prayer. All right, so let's get into it. Okay, Article 4 is titled, The Whale Shark in Our Tank. This article was actually inspired by a dream. Now, I had prayed for a dream the previous night, and I asked for the Lord to reveal signs or guidance or wisdom or what have you to a dream so that I could take that inspiration and put it into the works, into Seeker's Quill. And, of course, you know, I, I asked for a dream, and that night I got one. But all the dreams that I got that night were, I didn't think that they were actually messages. I just thought that they were weird dreams after each dream. When I woke up, I would say, okay, that wasn't the vision I was looking for, or that wasn't the vision that God was going to send. So eventually I woke up, and I remembered this dream about a whale shark, and I just disregarded it. So as I went throughout my day, there was something that happened that morning. I think my son was talking about some sea creatures or something as we were getting ready to go to school. And all of a sudden... I remembered the one of the dreams almost in its entirety in that one instant. And not only that, but I knew what the meaning was for the dream. So I remembered the dream, and I knew what the meaning was all simultaneously. And I rushed over to my little notebook, and I just started writing down. I think my wife was talking to me, and then in the middle of a sentence, I just like walked away from her and just started writing. And here's what the dream was. It was a whale shark, you know, this giant fish stuck in this very tiny tank and it was trying to swim around and it was there was like pain coming off of this whale shark from being stuck in this in this little fish tank and it was kind of surrounded by the rest of the ocean so it was like a fish tank within the ocean and this giant whale shark 
was yearning not to get out of the tank, but for the tank to be bigger. It didn't want to go to the ocean. It wanted its tank to be bigger so that it could grow. So we're going to table that dream for just a second. We're going to go, we're going to talk about something else that goes with this article. And it's what I call the new Christian smell. Now, recently I had went to an interview at the church. I was trying to become a member there. And then my wife went and had the same interview. And when she came home, she had mentioned, oh yeah, I talked to, you know, the guy at the church and he said, wow, Chris is really like, you could just tell he's really all about it. And she said, yeah, he's really excited about all this new stuff, all these new things that he's going through in life. And then the guy at the church said, yeah, it's great to see that. And I turned to my wife when she told me the story and I said, okay, well, walk me through this because I actually don't understand it. Wouldn't somebody that is bursting at the seams with their new faith, wouldn't that be almost like a threat to somebody that's been in the faith for a long time? Here comes this new person all ready to go. And here is this older person who's been in the faith forever. Here comes this new, really excited person. Doesn't that kind of threaten people? And she said, no, actually, it's really good to see. It reminds us. It's inspiring. It inspires other people that have been in the faith a long time to, that God does work miracles and that other people are being inspired and inspires us. And that really was, was humbling to me. So right around the time that that story had happened was also when I had the dream about the whale shark. So those two things kind of went together and I knew what I had to write about. So what does the dream actually mean? The interpretation I got was that the whale shark was the Holy Spirit and the fish tank is us. We are the vessels for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit wants to be in us, but we have to make sure that the tank is big enough that it can dwell within us. And it will only grow as big as the tank that it is in. So our responsibility is to make sure that the tank is big so that the Holy Spirit can dwell and grow within us and swim around and do what it needs to do. I really like the Holy Spirit. I don't think a lot of people nowadays give too much faith or credence or whatever have you. The Holy Spirit's kind of like that weird aspect of the Trinity. It's just like, yeah, they're part of the family, but we don't really kind of understand what it is. I think the Holy Spirit's awesome. And I I feel connected to the Holy Spirit daily. And it makes me sad to feel like some Christians don't feel like they can have that connection or that the Holy Spirit doesn't work the same way that it used to back before back in the, the early church days when all those awesome stories came out. So article four, you know, the whale shark in our tank, it was inspired by a dream, but really the article is just about nurturing the Holy Spirit. It's our duty to nurture the Holy Spirit. But this is really just me trying to make sense of this new faith walk. And I grew up in kind of a Pentecostal environment. You know, I still fully believe that believers have gifts and we take, when we take on the Holy Spirit and it's active, those gifts work through us. I don't believe that we are different today than the way that the early church, the early church followers had gifts. It's still the same thing. We have gifts too. And the more that we nurture the Holy Spirit and provide an opportunity and place for it to grow, the more those gifts will come out and we can use those gifts to glorify God, to bring people to God, to also provide a nice little safety net for us to go back to God when we get led astray. Okay, so we're going to talk about some of the art for the whale shark. And this was actually the, the first time I actually needed Photoshop 
for an image. So I'm just scrolling through the article. There's the first picture up here at the top. It's that whale shark, you know, in a jar. And I'm gonna tell you, this was a really difficult picture to make because when you go to make these images using the AI art, if you put in the, the word whale shark as one word, it gives you a completely different image. And when you put in whale shark as two words, the word whale and shark, it gives you a shark that looks like a whale. So it was incredibly hard to get this image, but I felt like it was important for this article to have the visual imagery to go with it. And I've started leaning more into just get the image out. The written word is what's more important than the image. If you can get two images per article, that's great. If you can only get one, that's great. Spend more time writing and less time drawing pictures. But for this one, I really needed it to work. And I got everything that I needed to eventually, but I had to do some Photoshop stuff. So if you look at the eyes on the fish on the left, on the left, those fish actually had eyes. But if you look at the fish on the right, originally those fish did not have eyes. So I actually had to sign up for Photoshop. I had to take the eyes from the fish on the left and I had to put them on a fish on the right because they didn't really look like fish. They just kind of looked like floating blobs or whatever. So I had this like 90% perfect image, but there were some things in there that were just, they were broken and I just had to fix them. And that's what I did. So I got Photoshop for that one because I needed that picture to work. Scrolling down the second image, it's a bunch of those cups. And that, I was really trying to capture with this image, just that each of our vessels for the Holy Spirit are different. Just like each of those cups have a different purpose. Some of them are actually, those vessels are bowls. Some of those are cups. Some of those are chalices. Each of those things has a different purpose, just like we do. Our vessels are different because each of us are different. And the final picture there at the bottom, that's really just, I wanted a nice, like, serene, scenic landscape shot of just the ocean that seems kind of murky. But really, that's when we pass on, you know, and our, and our vessel breaks and the Holy Spirit gets released, depending on how much we have nurtured it, it's my belief that it goes back into the greater ocean as a better, stronger creature. And even though that landscape shot may look a little murky, may look a little scary, our whale shark that we have nurtured is now out there swimming around, protected, ready to, ready to venture out into that darkness. Okay, so the next article, Article 5, is titled A New Covenant. And this is the longest article I've written today. Like I mentioned at the beginning, it was like 2,500 words. And then when I prayed about should I break it up or not, I was led to publish the entirety of, of everything on Substack. Yeah, it was said, you need to present this. It was written as one. It needs to be presented as one. So that's what I did. However, I also published these articles on Medium. And where I publish these articles, there is an article limit. So I was not able to give a 2,500 word article to Medium. I had to break it up. So actually, if you would like to read everything all together, this article is in its entirety on Substack, all 2,500 words. But if you need to break it up and listen to it, you can go to Medium, and it's actually there in three different parts. All right, so what's the summary of this article? There are a couple commands that each of us are called and required to follow and obey as Christians, but the laws itself are different for each of us. 
And that law comes from the only lawgiver that there is and the only person worthy of judging the laws, and that's Jesus. And what's really cool is, you know, since we don't make the laws, it's not up to us to judge the rules that someone else is following. As long as we only adhere to the two commandments Jesus established in the new covenant, which are love God before everything else and love each other as he loves us. So right there, I just saved you 2,500 words. This one, again, was another dream. And I had prayed for revelations and mysteries to be revealed. And this dream, I was given a Bible verse. And now, in this case, it's not like a, something I have to interpret, kind of like David or in the book of Daniel. I have to interpret this, and it's actually a Bible verse. No, it was quite literally just a, the words floating. And I happened to remember them when I woke up, and I wrote them down. And I went to go look up the verse. And it was First Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. And at the time, I didn't even know that there was a First Timothy. So when I went to go look it up, and I was like, oh, there's a First Timothy and a Second Timothy. It was kind of weird that it was very specific to First Timothy. And the King James Version of First Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 is, but we know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. So that dream led me down this concept of research and finding supporting scriptures in the Bible of, the, of this. Jesus is the law. And that by fulfilling the old covenant, we had a new covenant. But not only that, in the article, we build up through a series of these researched scriptures that says that the laws are different for each person. Now, when I went through and did my research, I wasn't really going through and cherry picking things. I read my Bible on a Kindle and I kind of go through and I take highlights of stuff and then I actually take notes as I, as I write highlights, and I've been bouncing around through the Bible as I'm reading it for the first time, what I did was I went through my notes, and I looked at all of the scriptures I'd highlighted already, and I found the ones that had to deal with law. And those are the, those are the scriptures that are presented in the article. You know, these are things I had already highlighted on my own, but at the time that I highlighted them, I didn't know what they were for. I just felt like I needed to highlight them and take notes. It also kind of gave me an idea that when people have physical Bibles, you highlight something in your physical Bible. That highlight or that note stays with you for the entire time of that Bible. You can't get rid of it. When I had started to do research on this article, what I did was I went through the Gospels and I cleared out all of my highlighted notes that I had. And I started over reading the Gospels with this new context of I'm going to read the Gospels looking for answers about this question I'm praying about. And because I didn't already have highlights there anymore, there was no previous bias to draw me to one verse or the other. That made me think the people that have physical Bibles, they're not just going to throw those Bibles away. They're going to continue to have those highlights piled on top of each other over and over and over throughout the years. And you may miss context or new verses because at that time, you're, you're being drawn to the things you've highlighted before. And eventually your entire Bible will be highlighted and that's not really useful. So it got me thinking I was actually kind of lucky by starting out on the Kindle. I could get rid of all these highlights. And if I blew away all my highlights like once a month or something, I would have always this new perspective for the, whatever I was researching and praying about at that time. But it got me just wondering like how often do Christians replace their Bibles? Do you need to replace it every month? Do you need to replace it every year? I don't think people do that. I don't think they replace their Bible 
with a brand new exact copy of the current Bible they have just so they can take new notes on them. But I think maybe that you should. I think it's an idea worth exploring. So for the art for the New Covenant, I really kind of went bold with the first picture. And it is that Jesus is sitting on the ark because he is fulfilling the old covenant. He's allowed to touch it. And by sitting on it, we now have a new covenant. So there were some pretty interesting pictures I got when I was trying to find this picture. And this one just popped out. And I was like, ooh, I really like that one. The second picture, about halfway through, through the article, is supposed to invoke two things. One, that the church is a rock or like a foundation upon which we build. And that's kind of presented by this big church monolith in the, in the distance that is a rock. You know, the church is solid. But in the forefront are pilgrims or believers walking towards their church. And two of them are shackled together. That kind of represents the old covenant and the way that we shackle ourselves to these new laws and things that don't actually come from God. They're man-made laws. And I didn't really touch on that in the summary of this article. But one of the reasons Jesus came to fulfill the old covenant was there were over 600 laws in the old covenant, and not all of them came from God. There were new interpretations and new additional laws were added in. And the more laws that kept being added, the harder it was for us to get in that state of righteousness that God requires us to be in before he will even talk to us or listen to us or do anything to help us. Now, the third picture I tried really hard. I had a very specific image in my mind. I just could not get it to work, and I was running out of time. I wanted to have Jesus's tomb with the stone door rolled aside. And on the stone door would be written the Ten Commandments. I could not get that to work. I tried doing two pictures and combining them together. It just, it wasn't really working out. So what I settled on was just a normal kind of tomb in the desert. And the door was closed, but the subtext for the picture was, you know, a new covenant was written within the tomb. And if I could add even more, it would be that the new covenant was written within the tomb, and it's written on the inside of the stone door once the tomb was sealed. So if that would have been an awesome picture to make, but I ran out of time, and ultimately I didn't feel like it would translate well unless I really explained it. And the final picture of Article 5, the new covenant, is this divine holy tapestry, because each of us are threads that are woven together to form an amazing picture. And each thread is different, and each thread has a purpose. Some are different colors, like a red thread, a blue thread, a yellow thread. Some threads are meant to establish a foundation for other threads to be put on top. But really, we are not the one weaving the tapestry. God is weaving the tapestry. We are just threads. So it is not our place to say that my thread is better than this other person's thread because we're not the one building the tapestry. We are just threads in the tapestry. It's up to him to weave it together. In his divine tapestry, we all have different rules, but we all have those two base commands that we have to follow, which is love God above everything else and love each other like he loves us. And so Article 6 is titled Revealing the Power of Written Prayer, and this was an idea given to me when I was writing down things to pray about. 
if you can't believe it, I was writing down things to pray about, and I had an idea for an article about written prayer. It's like it was planned out or something. The inspiration for this article was I think of prayers as something you speak. You speak it out loud. You say things out loud, or you form words in your mind, or you form the words in your mind, and that is the prayer. But it all revolves around this spoken word that you can hear, but not everyone can hear, and not everyone can speak. So as I was writing about things to pray about, it kind of hit me that at that moment, I was actually kind of writing a prayer myself. I was writing it down, and my eyes were open, and there was an actual precedent for this already because back in antiquity, the pagans of old, you know, they would write their prayers, and then they would burn them. They would write them, seal them up, put them where they needed to go, or they would burn them or something like that, but they were written down. So I was trying to figure out, well, okay, well, I can write prayers, but what do I do with them? Do I keep them as like a journal? Do I write them and then immediately delete them, you know, to kind of symbolize I'm giving up my words, my prayers, I'm giving it back, not holding on to them. I now have a prayer notebook. And often I will just kind of really get my thoughts in order and try to go after that. But sometimes it feels more right for me to write a prayer than it does to speak it. Because I can really focus in on the things that I would like to pray to God about instead of being in the moment, trying to figure out what to say next, throwing in like 50 lords. You know, like when we don't know what to say next, we just say Lord in the prayer to kind of buy ourselves time on what to say next. But when I write them, I can take my time. I can really focus on them. Um, so I did keep them. And I think maybe eventually I, I might get rid of them. But if I never do, they serve as a great testament to the things that I'm struggling with in my life and how I have looked to the Lord to help with those things. So the art for Article 6, Revealing the Power of Written Prayer, this is one of those articles where I felt like it was more important to get pictures that kind of aligned with it than like the whale shark article where I needed the picture. So the first picture is just somebody writing a prayer, and it has kind of a holy, divine vibe to it. And the second picture is just somebody praying with some Christian undertones in it. You can kind of see the cross on the person's shirt. Originally, you know, AI-generated art has a hard time with hands. So there were a couple of other previous iterations of this picture that I liked that the hands were messed up. But eventually I was able to get the hands fixed so that they were doing a nice little folding prayer thing, which is actually really good because the way that this person is praying is kind of the same way that I, I also pray when I pray vocally out loud. It's like I'm, I put my hands over my nose and my mouth. And when I speak, I speak into my folded hands. It's kind of like my personal confession box or something, but that's just the way I, I pray when I pray out loud. Okay. So what's next for Seeker Squill? So now we're at six articles and this will be the second podcast. So we're kind of rocking and rolling here. There's still a few articles I'm excited about, or I'm excited about all of them, but they're in various states of research. Some like the written prayer one, article six, there was no research involved in that at all. It was just full on inspiration and some require significant more research. One of those is the article that originally started my desire to write, which was Jesus talking about bringing peace. He didn't come to bring peace. He brought a sword. And I think, honestly, the reason I haven't been called to finish it yet, where there 
was that there was some additional research I needed to find that at the time I didn't know I needed to find. And that research involved persecution of the early church and what it means to be a witness and the persecution that is involved naturally that comes with being a Christian. I didn't have that perspective when I first started researching the article. I have that now. There's another one I'm excited about. It's titled Where I Am, and this discusses the book of Isaiah, how I came about reading that book, how I was led to read that book, and what that meant for my personal faith journey. And there's also some interesting ideas in there that come from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 17 that could be quite controversial. So I want to make sure I have all the research needed for that one. But again, that is more just me trying to make sense of things and not trying to establish new doctrine. If you can take something from that article that strengthens your faith, please take it. If there's something in that article that detracts from your faith, disregard it. Only build. Don't don't take away. All right, well, that's it for episode two. It's been a great second month on this new faith journey. It would mean a lot to me personally if you would share the Seeker's Quill writings and the podcast on social media. You know, I do pray often that God puts the writing, the podcast, the messages in front of the people it needs to be in front of. I write it, I hit submit, and then I almost immediately always go and do a prayer that says, God, I submitted it. Please help it get to the people it needs to be in front of. And honestly, you can be an answer to that prayer by sharing, subscribing to both Secrets Quill on Substack and over on Medium. I'm not asking for money. There's no money required to read these things. They will always be free somewhere for people to read them. I'm only asking because the interaction, the engagement, the subscriptions, the sharing, that helps with the algorithms that run the world now. We can't just let things naturally happen anymore because there are algorithms involved everywhere. And the way that we work with those algorithms is to share, subscribe, comment, like, all that stuff. All those things you hear people on YouTube say, please like and subscribe. Yeah, they may be saying that for the egos, but honestly, that's the way the algorithms of the world work now. And if there's no engagement, the message doesn't get spread. So God bless. And hopefully I will talk to you in a month when I publish Wilderness Report, Episode 3, over the next three articles that I have no idea what they will be, but I'm excited to find out what they are, just like I'm excited to share his word with you, and we can experience it together.